And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're gonna tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. On today's episode of The Glue Guys, we're going to dive right into all the little rumors, all the little tidbits, all the, the scuttle butt before the NBA draft on Thursday. Brian's camera is out of focus. Let's go. Guys, this is Mike here. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Check us out on Twitter at BKGlueGuysNetsDaily.com. The Athletic. Get yourself on the paywall at TheAthletic.com slash GlueGuys, a subsidiary of the New York Times company. Brian. My goal. The Nets are almost going to draft and maybe going to trade for Damian Lillard. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm good. How's everything? We haven't potted too much lately. Again, we have a, a hard That's rule. New yeah. rule about no personal <laughs> details on the podcast. You'll never hear a thing about Mike or I's personal life. So let's we'll get right into the news. Let's get right into the news. Right into the, the gullet of the news. Where do you want to start? Draft or Damian Lillard? Because both are sort of intertwined. It's a messy web of NBA news that we are sorting through. I mean, I think Damian Lillard. And I do want to end with a bit about KD. Whoa, I was man. on the treadmill today at the gym. I know that's personal. Shout out to the treadmill. JCC in Rockville, Maryland. Hi-o. Come on. Um, actually, don't show up there. It's kind of... Uh, please don't. Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Or you just dox yourself hard. There's like, a lot of security. <laughs> a lot of security. Um, the, and I was on the treadmill watching first take. Okay. As I really don't do that much. I really don't run on a treadmill and I really don't watch first take. But they had a segment on Kevin Durant responding to the Nets fan on Twitter <laughs> about, did you see that? About how Ke the, the, the story that KD recruited Beal. Right. The Nets fan tweeted, I thought KD was just a hooper. And KD said, like, basically like, uh, you know, thank you for my time in Brooklyn. Like a little. No, that wasn't dig. it. What did he say? It was something different. Yeah, I'll figure. But we'll get yeah. to that at the end of this show okay. if we if we even get to it. Um, Damian Lillard. So uh, the the buzz has continued to heat up and get hotter and louder as Buzz likes <laughs> to get hot <laughs> and buzz, loud. It's a buzz saw. A hot, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a buzz saw. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, we had a great conversation about it the last time we potted, and it's been a while since we last potted. I think my clearest update that I want to state, mm. it seems like a two-horse race. And I think what's important, the two horses being the Brooklyn Nets and Miami Heat, I think what's interesting about that is there was this perception for a long time that Lillard, once he decided to pull the trigger and say, I want out of Portland, that like there would be a flood of interest. Mm -hmm. And you're going to hear this term a lot, and you're probably already hearing it a ton, the second apron Brian, do you know what the second apron means in the new CBA? Uh, I don't, actually. I'm excited yeah, to learn. It's, 
it's the least fun thing that's being talked about in the NBA. Essentially, they created in the new CBA rules that made it so you could have no super teams. That okay. you can go over the tax, and then there's this second apron. And once you go over the second apron of you know X amount of dollars over the tax, something terrible. It really happens. limits your flexibility. You eventually you will your first round picks will move to the back of the first round. Wow. You can't sign buyout guys, which is a big, obviously a big resource for super maxed out money teams. Um, you, you are penalized with tax money to a high degree. And so what's happening is and, why, and it yeah. summons Kelly Ma from the underworld, I believe, isn't that the I second apron? <laughs> the second apron. If you if you cross Who's the, Kelly Ma, the the Rubicon of Kelly Ma is the um, the um, the bad god that they pray to in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom that uh, which I watched the last most night. popular <laughs> Indiana Jones movie. Yeah, that's the evil spirit that they pray to, and that they okay. remove hearts for. You know, that's the whole thing. They gotta sacrifice the hearts. More on yeah. that later on the VIP I don't really show. think that was that bad. Sacrifice. Like, the heart? Uh, well, the guy lives after he loses the heart. You know, part, yeah, part so of the black well, What's the big deal? What's the big yeah. deal? Yeah. I, lost I, a couple. Honestly, lost a pound or two, really. It's, you know, helped him out. Do you know what's one of the leading causes of death in America? <laughs> right. Right. Heart disease. So totally. it's like, it, in fact, it's it's doing you a If you remove the heart yet could still live. Right. Oh, great. Oh, I'll eat whatever I want. I can clog my arteries because I ain't got no arteries. You All know hail Kali Ma. All right. You heard it here <laughs> first. So that's what this podcast is about today. Yeah. Um, it, it's so like, I just hate it. I hate this like conversation of the second apron. And like the weird thing is there's this whole element of like the CBA hasn't been uh, PDF filed to the media yet. It hasn't been sent out. So like even within the league, they don't know fully what it will all mean because they're going to finalize it in like August or something. So like there's this discussion about second apron for the nets. What it matters is there's a limited market for Lillard. Okay. And maybe I need to change my own thinking. Cause when we first had our conversation, there was this idea of like, it'd have to be Nick Claxton, Dinwiddie and all the picks. And we saw what Beal went for. Beal was different. Beal was a no trade clause. But the money is the same, and Lillard is actually older. Um, I there is a possibility that the Nets could trade both Ben Simmons and some picks, but not all picks, to Portland and get Damian Lillard. Are you? Can I ask you? Yeah. It's funny. You, you correctly pointed out that Ben Simmons had shading on his arm, and he had a chubby tummy. <laughs> and I heard Bill Simmons and Ryan Russillo actually kind of talk about the exact same thing. Wow. Um, what are you accusing the them fact, of? Exactly. Another time that they've stolen from our podcast. Sure. People don't know. They literally were trying to come up with a name for their podcast. And they were like, we should name it the glue guys. And I sent a cease and desist. <laughs> we lawyered up immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause my, our, our podcast money against Bill Simmons's podcast money is, you know, equitable. Right there. If, if it is not the mother load trade, so the, the trade construction that's being floated around for the Nets, whether it's like Ben Simmons and a bunch of picks, because you, to offload Simmons, you do have to give maybe an extra first rounder or two, probably two. So let's assume it's Ben Simmons and four first round picks, and maybe one of those is a swap. Or it's the idea of like maybe like Dinwiddie and Joe Harris and Cam Thomas and like two picks. Let's just say that's the trade construction. I don't really know. Yeah. If it's not the all-in trade, does that make it better for you 
the idea of having Damian Lillard on this team. I have a question for you. This is a question. When when trades like this happen where we have a huge cache of cache really of picks, um do we like so I in my mind I'm valuing the latest of the Suns picks a little bit higher than the more recent of the Suns picks. Um is it generally the like do they just go through and pick what everyone kind of deems the most valuable of the picks? Or is there do they go for the most recent picks? I mean, like because I think it's a pretty meaningful difference if we're trading if we're if the if the picks we're leaving behind that stay with us are those later, particularly Suns picks. Um, anyways, is that in in part of your hypothetical here? Are those default going to Portland? I I think they're. They're, the bulk of the prime picks are going to go to Portland. Um, but the Nets would still retain sort of those like middle bridge picks, which like, mm-hmm. again, like so there was this discussion, Brian Windhorst, I think, was on First Take or one of those shows, and he said, you know, one of the teams that may be happy about this Beal trade is actually the Brooklyn Nets because the Brooklyn Nets made, when they traded for Mikhail Bridges, they asked for the picks that were, as Brian's articulating, later sort of in the calendar years. They go, they start like, I mean, we have the, the Nets have them now, but the Nets can have them until like 2029 mm-hmm. and they're unprotected into 2029. And there's this idea that like, hey, the Sun situation may be pretty combustible. Um, you have, you're going to have three guys who are going to be getting paid $50 million a year. You have DeAndre Ayton, who they're probably going to trade. I'm sure as we're talking, like we'll figure out that that trade's been expanded to a three and four team Deal. As soon as we publish the episode, it, it'll it'll happen, probably. and it'll involve the yeah. Nets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Usually, that's how it goes. Um, and so, like, there's this idea, like, yeah, the Suns may be really good this season and maybe next season, but after that, like, who the hell knows? And in all likelihood, the team's gonna uh, implode and then explode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, those picks, like you're saying, would be valuable. Let me ask you this: I think the Nets have both the Suns 2029 and the Mavericks 2029. Mm-hmm. What is more valuable? Crapshoot there. Um, really tough to to say. Ooh. I might go ooh. I might go Suns on that. I do I do think really? it's uniquely com- combustible. Like I it's the it's the confluence of all these things, the new ownership. Like I, I kinda do in some ways just trust because Mark Cuban's been around long enough to know how to not completely botch botch everything. Although it's you know, there's a lot of I just eye rolled. You, that was a huge, a huge eye yeah. roll. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think the, the greatness of Mark Cube, not yeah. that you are stating this, but I think his greatness has been widely exaggerated. I, like, I, 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 I don't, think, he's like I don't think I called okay him great. <laughs> no, no, I no. no. I, yeah. I said you didn't say this, yeah, but okay. I'm saying there's this idea that like, you know, because he's the Shark Tank guy. He was an innovative owner when he came in. The, they've, that franchise has had a ton of problems yeah. and they totally foobarred the whole like post winning the championship they just constantly like weren't. Yeah, there's a bunch couldn't of get it done. There. They made an amazing deal to get Luca, so they get deserved credit for Luca. But outside the Luca move, they've had some gaps, you know, some goofs like, and gaps along eh, the way for sure. Yeah, um, not impressed. Anyways, but I, and I just think like the the Ishbia situation just continues. Ishbia, the Ishbia situation <laughs> continues to uh, get more and more interesting, and they're you know they have Do a lot. You know of comp- why it's so interesting? I have my theories. What what do you think? 
that Isaiah Thomas is advising him. Right, right. There's all those. That's ty- insane, yeah, dude. I, know. I love those types of things. So, anyways, so he's following that, are... that path. It's just, it's. I, I yeah. give, I give the basement for Mark Cuban a little bit, a slightly higher basement. I just assume that he can figure out a way to like keep it from, because he'll know that those picks sure. are going to be going to the Nets and. <laughs> Where where uh, Ishbia's basement's like the Umbrella Corporation in Resident Evil. It just <laughs> <laughs> it's just completely an it's apocalyptic just straight down film. to the Earth's core. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where, where Mark Cuban's is like a torture dungeon on in some like it, in um, the Murdar properties. Murdoch. Um, did you see Babylon? Name? The the film Babylon, of course. Did, loved it. It's like the basement that they it, go dude. to with uh, Tobey Maguire. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that basement. Um, yeah. So, that anyways, but that's based on such very a gem. Little, yeah, the fact that Tobey Maguire, like that, that that that's the Tobey role is yeah, just a choice. It's always one. a choice. Here's Everything's a, a choice in that movie. Here's an interesting little data point for you, though, Mike. And please, I wondered if you picked up on this on the on the rumor mill. Um, I call it data points, but yeah. It's a it's a data point. Yeah, you're right. Um, Dame Damien, uh, if I may, Mr. Damien? Lillard, he yeah. he liked a tweet that was just a random that was adding him that's saying bring Zion to Portland um, as part of this. You know the whole Zion Williamson, yeah, yeah. whatever's going on there. Don't want to. Who knows what to call that? But um, so there's it's some, really not that. Is not that crazy? Complicated. It's, it's, that, it's pretty bad that what's yeah. happening to Zion. Yeah. Um, and what happened to, yeah. I guess what it what, what how he treated the young woman he was with, but like we'll call it a saga, the, the Zion it, Williamson saga. It, yeah. It's a saga that's happened. It happens every day here in America. Yeah, but yes. Um, so, anyways, what is your? So I, I was just thinking about this, like as Damian Lillard probably, you know, is Damian? one one foot in, one foot out, and then liking tweets about him now recruiting talent back to Portland. Thus, compl- complicating the uh, the negotiations, no doubt. It, to me, it's very clear that Lillard. I mean, I he's kind of messages. I think he's literally say this, said this. I mean, he said this on the Chris Haynes podcast, and he, he just talked to uh, Mike Scotto, our friend uh, of Hoops Hype, our friend because he's been on the show once. Um, good friend. That good friend of the show. That he, uh, Lillard's preference is that the Portland Trailblazers trade the third pick for veteran players. And they build a contending team around him, and maybe even not that he has said this, but like he wants, he doesn't want to do go through a rebuild with a bunch of youngsters. And in fact, Portland has a pretty interesting cachet mm-hmm. of uh, of assets. They have Shaden Sharp, who everyone in the NBA loves, Anthony, Anthony Simons, who's like who only okay. plays really well when Damian Lillard is out, which is a thing. Yeah, he's a guy. He's a guy. Oh, who's he's like he's great. His numbers where he's not playing with Damian are like insanely good. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, I. I. Again, I. I think like if the Nets lose in the deal, they, if they don't get Lillard and he goes to Miami, I would definitely call Portland and see like, hey, Simons, you know, just like what's mm-hmm. what's the temperature on that. Do you want the 21 and 22 for Simons? But it seems like Lillard Lillard wants to stay in Portland. He wants them to trade the third pick and maybe some of the young guys for legit running mates. Um, it seems like Portland isn't going to do that. Mm-hmm. There there was a tweet from, I forget who, I saw Alec, Alex Sturm, friend of the show, tweet this, retweet, quote retweet, that um, <laughs> the Portland's going after Bam Adebayo. And it's right. like, what... It, what does that even mean? Like, yeah. wh- in what world would Miami part with Bam out of bio? Right. It's, it's, it's also it's such not, an interesting, like, you know, Miami's like, hey, I want your best players. Like, no, I want your best players. You know, like, yeah. I, <laughs> no, 
I'm I want him. I want him. <laughs> um and of course it's like Bam is boy like the whole thing like Bam is boys with Lillard. Which again, I don't really know how these friendships are formed. They're totally different ages. They're from different parts of the country and they never played on the same team. Maybe they played on Team USA. I guess they played on Team USA, but you know, but they probably all live in LA in the off season and they all play bocce ball. Mm. Most people don't know NBA players love bocce. So here's where I'm at with Lillard as yeah. a Brooklyn net. Summarize me. Listen, hey, it would be it would be incredible. Hey. We would fall in love with Damian. We would because like think about he is again he is the the opposite in terms of personality of Kyrie Irving, but the exact same game. Frankly, besides like he doesn't have the supreme ball handling, but he's kind of a better shooter. I mean, he is a better shooter. He's a and he's a more clutch player. Goddamn right! Wow, uh, even Kyrie, of course, you hit the best, it. the greatest clutch shot in NBA history. Blah 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 blah. Who cares? Hit one <laughs> shot, Mazel tough. Oh, sorry, I shouldn't say Mazel tough. It wasn't even a buzzer beater. It was just towards the end of a game. It was an important one, but it was towards the end. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's basically Elam ending. Yeah. Um. So I w- it would be awesome, and if they if they kept Nick Claxton, here here's what Zach Lowe said on his show. I think the Nets would have a frothy internal debate about whether going all in, or I mean, or I. And I mean all in. Mm. Whether going all in and I mean all in for Damian Lillard, in parentheses, is the best move. You pair him with Mikhail Bridges and Nick Claxton and Cam Johnson, whatever's left over. I think they would have a real internal debate whether that is a smart move or having pivoted from this era of disaster and accumulated so many picks. Can we slow down a little bit? I think that would be a big internal debate. That is the debate. and But like... I mean, all due respect to Zach Lowe, but that's that's the debate we've been having on our show. You know, everyone, that's the only that's the only debate. Yeah, um, I just I want him um, to have an opinion. That's what I'm saying. I want him to come in on one side or the other of whether that's which which I'm side. I'm sure he's he on. did. I'm just I'm reading the aggregation. What do you? So what side are you on? I, I guess I haven't even declared my side, but I want to hear. Like, let let's assume the trade construction is like it hurts enough that a lot of the picks are out the window. But the core of Bridges, Claxton, and Cam Johnson. I mean, Cam Johnson's not getting traded because he's a free agent. Um, and I think it extremely complicates the deal if it's a sign and trade. Yeah. Um, but my opinion well, on it is I, I've 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 landed on something, I think. I think I can I, I you know me, I don't value picks very highly. I think it's it's a pretty big crapshoot. And I would be willing to part with if, if it's primarily a picks related um trove that they that they haul in on portland side then i'm okay with it but you lose me with you know us giving away value and like nick laxton's you know so on and so forth if it's picks plus you know the the camp thomas's of the world i think i think (laughs) i I know that you snark at this but but i think like there's depending on how many many picks you you load on that i'm not saying center it around go off I'm saying they can't have Nick Claxton as part of the trade. I don't, I wouldn't, and I wouldn't up, want to do you're it. You're risen up, Cam. You're ris- do you know what Riz means? I do know what Riz means, yeah. but do you know what it means? Because I'm not sure you're that you do now. <laughs> I don't, I'm asking <laughs> you. Please help yeah. me. What does it mean? Yeah. I'm old. Yeah. I have two kids. Um, <laughs> listen, yeah, Lillard would be incredible. A team of him, Mikhail Bridges, Nick Claxton, Cam Johnson, it would be very good. Like, There's no doubt. It, you, and they are... They are the perfect players to play with Lillard. Like Lillard, of course, is classically scorer bro, can't defend. Uh, they all are defense, length, switchability, and 
you know, and again, Bridges went up a level. Cam Johnson, I was super. He was the best player for the Nets in the playoffs besides Bridges. We got swept, right? I forgot about that. that L- cut the BS, Mike. Do you do you disagree with my take? I mean, are you trading Nick Claxton for Dame Willard? Just say it. Just say it with your chest. I know. I don't think Nick Claxton's in this trade construction because, like, here's the thing. I, again, I think it's if Portland makes this deal, they are doing it to get bad. They are doing it to build around the third overall pick. Okay, so then um, why are you scoffing at me when I'm saying we're, we're trading? Well, here's my fear. So if they go all in with Lillard, meaning all in with the picks, then they really don't have a way to upgrade the team. And I don't think that team is – like if we're going to go back into the superstar hunting mode and that Lillard's the guy and to get him you have to trade a bunch of picks, all your picks – that team isn't good enough to win a championship. And I I know it's like way early to say, like, who knows? Lillard could be, I mean, Lillard is and could be incredible. Bridges could continue to show what he did. Claxton can go up even another level by playing with Damian Lillard. Damian Lillard actually plays basketball games, even though he does get hurt. But like he wants to play as opposed to Kyrie Irving. Cam Johnson, maybe he continues to grow too. Like That's what I'm saying. It's it's a big bet on developing the existing personnel. I, I just think you need to kind of do a two-piece meal. You don't believe in our guys. That's what you're saying, Mike. You don't believe that they have another level. That's that's alter- ultimately what you're telling. That's the subtext. I, I have an alternate reality that we could dive into after the break. You want to do it right now? Just like after the break? Like, do you want to do the break and then do it? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Okay, yeah that's, come on. That's, I mean, let's <laughs> I podcast that, 101. Like, that's the meme I'm leaning. Just let's give it a break. Jesus Christ. Actually, let's stop the episode. I'm out of here. That's <laughs> That's it. All right. Off to the break. And then we'll be back. Wait. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And we're back, Brian. Um, would you rather trade all the picks for Damian Lillard or just sign Chris Paul or just sign Russell Westbrook for oh no God. money? Oh 
This is what I waited for. I waited that entire break for that, dude. How? Di- okay, I know Chris. I, that, uh, Chris Paul's going to go to L.A. It seems like he's going to get aggregated in a trade and then go that way. But the, <laughs> I know this is so dumb. You could probably get Russell Westbrook for like no money, and you have all your picks. And oh. then, you, and then you have Russell Westbrook and. <laughs> And all your picks. <laughs> yeah. That'll and the, won't that I be can't fun? Wrap my goddamn mind. Ben Simmons is this roadblock in this team construction for me. He I just can't even begin it is, to it rationalize is what he issue. is. It is an issue. And like the, the the Nets to include him in a Lillard trade, again, they would have to give up more picks to get rid of him. It's sort of like the Gerald Wallace dealio with the Celtics. The reason why the Nets give up so many picks in the KG Pierce trade is that they sent Joe Wallace up to Boston, and Boston was like, well, that's a bad contract. We need more picks. And then Mikhail Prokhorov uh, bogarted. Is that what it's called? Sure. You can say that. Uh, The negotiations from Billy King, uh, justice for Billy King, Um, you know, friend of the show. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It was a long time. And so, like, I just, like, I still, there's a glimmer of hope for me, Brian, that Benji Simmons... I'm with it too. I mean, look, look I, the reason that I'm <clears throat> maybe I need to qualify exactly what I'd be willing to offer for Damian Lillard because it's not all of our picks. And is there a world in which like we can have both Damian Lillard and Ben Simmons on on contract at the same on this team at the same time? Like, what needs to happen for like? Because you're right, the Ben Simmons thing like it, it is truly a roadblock in terms of team construction. It's just a huge, huge sinkhole of of cap space. Um, Ugh. And like, what if he's good? And what if he's like, good? And that's, I mean, like, can what, we, yeah, okay. what if he's like mostly like, what if he's a little bit better than even what he was Remember when he started the season? Sure. There were games when he scored zero points, but there was also like an exciting, uh, there was a, there was a couple 20 point games in there, right? There was like one or two. Was there? I think there was. I believe I have a memory of at least I have that. at least one in I think I know you're there right. was one. I think I questioned you another time. I was like, what was there? And there there was. I'm gonna go to his game log. Also, the Nets still have Raekwon Gray on the roster, which I you know, I will never give up on Raekwon. Yeah. Uh Benji Simmons, game logs, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three. Started the season, he had a 22 point game against Memphis. Let's go. 11 for 13. And then he was eight for eight from the field, a 20 point game against the Pacers. Um, Let's go. But he started the year and he was like, you know, like eight to nine assists a game, getting those rebounds. Um, Like, why are we doing this, Bry? I can't. He should, you know what he needs to do is just transition to power forward. It, it, it would be a very dynamic, it would be a weird transition, but it's something that just needs to happen. Like a true, no, no more point forward bullshit. Sorry, BS. Anyways. We, Thank we, you. <laughs> thanks, you know, I, hate I know the face you made. Um, I, anyways, we, we're not going right, to fix the Ben situation right now. Yeah. One final point on Lillard is, uh, if I talked about at the beginning and I'd never even followed up on this thread and I apologize to the audience, if the Nets are only competing against the Miami heat, I really hope that if they want Lillard, that they are conscious of what the heat can offer because the Nets can crush any port, any Miami heat offer. Even if they put 
I think Tyler Hero is the best player that could be put into a trade for Lillard, you know, because the Nets aren't trading Mikkel Bridges. Um, but Tyler Hero is like kind of, it's like if you get him, like, you know, if you're Portland, like, why are we getting this guy? He's kind of expensive and we already have Anthony Simons and we're probably going to draft Scoot or Brandon Miller. It's like your team just come, come, comes, you may not want that. You may value the picks and the Nets have way better pick assets. Mm-hmm. So the net, I just hope that Joe Sy doesn't, the chairman of Alibaba, the recently named chairman of Alibaba, doesn't come in and say, we're going to get this done, Sean, and do whatever it takes, and meaning we're going to give up all the picks because we're afraid of not getting Lillard. I don't want the desperation. So in the end, all I care about is actually what they give up for Lillard. I want Damian Lillard, headline. Oh. Mike Smeltz wants Damian Lillard. Wash. I was about to say print in the Washington Post, which is a competitor of the New York Times company. Print in the New York Times. Yeah. Uh, subheadline, <clears throat> but at what cost? Mm. And that's when I'm that's that's where I'm at. I'm just I know that's a boring take, but that's the take. Yeah, it's an incredibly safe take. It's incredibly safe. <laughs> Unlike mine, where I sent Fuck it. Fuck off, man. <laughs> I sent it, you know. I really um, do do you can you put your final point on it? Did have you done I did, your, I did my point. I, I, I think I would I would do it and my the last little you know, my non-negotiable is Nick, Cla- Nick Claxton is part of the trade. I know that leaves them with dregs. I get that. and But a whole lot of picks. But I, again, don't value picks that highly. That's And that's my take, and I'm sticking to it. Um, shifting to draft. Um, this is where I'm going to truly get quiet, Mike, because I need to do some draft research. I'm just going to go full transparency for the, for the people at home. I'm like, Grady Dick. What kind of name is that? That's what I'm like over here. Um, interesting. <laughs> a bit of what, what do you got? Uh, you got news some news? Here. That's those are news. No, items. no, no. Interesting. So uh, this is this is via Mark Spears Hot from off the uh, presses? ESPN. This is not that crazy. Okay, uh, Derek Lively, who is this really um, stretchy? Not stretchy. Excuse me. Really athletic, seven foot one center from Duke who really came on. He averaged 4.2 blocks per 36 minutes with Duke. I mean, Duke was like one of those teams, like the super teams that have 15 guys and none of them look that good. And that's also why I want Derek Whitehead, who Dr. Martin O'Malley or whatever his name is, operated on his foot. But Whitehead was a top five prospect uh, or top five recruit out of high school, goes to this Duke team. I always believe it's sort of like the, the Devin Booker theory. If you play on a super team, you just don't look that good. None of those guys ever look that good. And then they go to the NBA, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's why you were talented. Mark Spears reported that the Nets worked out Derek Lively yesterday. Mm. So here's what's interesting about that. There is a lot of buzz that the Nets are trying to move up in the draft, that they're willing to package 21 and 22 and Royce O'Neal or DFS to move up in the draft. So you have to think about why and who they would do that for. I, I, I tried to theory out some stuff. Theory out some stuff, which is a terrible phrase, but... That's where we're at. We're right going. Now. We're going with it. Kevin Ollie, newly named Nets assistant coach, was the coach for the Thompson Twins at Overtime Elite. The Thompson Twins are projected to go anywhere from the fourth pick to the eighth pick around there. Both either like both of them are going to go between before you know the tenth pick arrives, which is the Dallas Mavericks. Um, now, I don't think Kevin Ollie, who is just hired, has any sway within the organization to be like, we got to get these guys. And then Sean Marks is going to move heaven and earth to get them. 
but they do have literally the greatest resource on what the Thompson twins are like in-house right now, which is Kevin Ollie. Again, I don't think that he moved heaven and earth to do that. I love the Thompson twins. I am such a believer in them. I think um, it, when you look at their size, athleticism, and their playmaking, like I know Overtime Elite is like this like weird, bonkers, bizarro version of basketball, like just in terms of like there's no consistency. But they just have like – they have the tools besides the shooting, which is always the thing. I don't know if the Nets can move up within the top eight to get who maybe they would want um, if it's the Thompson Twins. I think it's more likely if you have to look at good Tankathon because we're trying to figure out why the Nets would want to move up. They, you, you move up in the NBA, obviously, if you're targeting someone. A lot of the times, GMs actually have deals in place literally right now. They have them in place with teams higher up in the draft in case someone falls to that team. So like the Nets have a conversation with the Mavericks and say, hey, we're interested in 10. If a certain guy falls there, what do we need to give you to get to 10? And they have a conversation and blah, blah, blah. And like maybe it's the Mavericks get, <laughs> apparently they can trade for Dorian Finney-Smith. There was some belief because the Mavericks just traded Dorian Finney-Smith that they can't have him. But I think Bobby Marks clarified that. So let's say the Mavericks want DFS back, or let's just say Royce O'Neal to make it simple. Well, and, and for the Mavericks, you know, it could be appealing to get DFS and those two first round picks and trade out of 10 because they basically get three for one. And maybe the Nets pick up, you know, like uh, they pick up a, another player off the Mavericks roster, kind of balance out the salaries. At 10, currently projected by Tankathon is Derek Lively, who Mark Spears of ESPN or uh, Anscape, I think he actually reports for, uh, reported that the Nets worked out which is interesting because the Nets currently have Nick Claxton on the roster. Uh, they also have Dayron Sharp, though Dayron is not the type of player that's going to change your plans. Marks has shown, of anything that he's done as a GM, the best thing he's done is drafting centers. Mm. I mean, Jared Allen, Nick Claxton. He's been quite good at that. mid to late round. And Dayron Sharp. Yeah. That, was a, that went against his archetype because his archetype is – length and athleticism and Dayron is uh bulky and not athletic ultimately <laughs> yeah you know fair which i, lo- I love Dayron. Dayron, you know friend of the show um is he not Probably yet not. could be cam could. thomas is not <laughs> um so Derek lively fits the exact archetype of what the nets would want but you don't give up your two first round picks and Royce O'Neal or like a first round pick and Royce O'Neal to move up to get Derek Lively. If you're also going to keep Nick Claxton, Hmm. that doesn't, it doesn't make a ton of sense to trade that many assets to get essentially a backup center who you get the backup center. Sure. Derek Lively is behind Claxton for a year. Then you have Claxton. He's going to leave in free agency. Like I, it's the idea of like having your successor in place. And you're thinking Lively is NBA ready, like ready to start. NBA minutes. No. Okay, right. No. So it's conceivable, though, that he would be coming off the bench to spill Nick Claxton. I'm just putting out other yeah. ideas. Yeah, yeah. But I think it's kind of bad roster management to spend a first-round pick asset to trade up, plus like a, a valuable role player who could be traded for a different first-round pick or a different trade construction to get a guy, to get a center particularly, and one who, you know, you have a good center in place, 
you're basically indicating we don't want to pay Nick Claxton because we think he's going to get to pay $25 million a year. It is an insurance policy, which in that sense, I, sure. I don't think it's terrible roster management. I don't it's, believe in insurance, Brian. Okay. All right. That's you, uh, patently. I, I get take. fined by the government every year because I refuse to get health insurance. <laughs> you know? nice. Thank you, Obama. Um, another. But, uh, yeah. Yes, sir. No, yes, sir. I'm just, I'm just trying to think about like, you know, <clears throat> timing wise, I actually th- think it does kind of make sense because then you get a year of development and then potentially he becomes your starting center year two. Yeah, I, I, I agree with, I think that is correct. Like, no, that is correct. I, I agree that that's like that version of it, like where you have the successor in place so that you don't feel pressure um, that, you know, to, to have to sign Nick Claxton is great. And I do really like Derek Lively. Like, again, if anyone watched him play last year, dude's just super long and athletic and like fiery. And he, he's a, he's a guy, he's a, he's a legit defender. Um, I just don't know if that's, that's where they're going with this though. Of course the Nets workout thing, but everyone's in Brooklyn. Can I just say everyone's in Brooklyn for the draft. So like, it's not that hard to have a workout with the Nets. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it could be the Nets creating a little smoke, a little smoky mm. before uh, uh, look at the you draft in your three dimensional chess. Here's what I think. And again, your camera. What is, what's happening? I don't know. Camera? It keeps going out. One last thing, Brian. If I'm the Nets, what's the what's the one thing you think they they really need on this team? I think there's two things. I think a it's starting point guard is. I think a starting point guard. Yeah, like a, a like a legit mm-hmm. guy gets the bucket. Book it. And then Cam Thomas. And then like a stretchy five, right? You think a stretchy five? They really I think they really need a stretchy five. Okay. Particularly if they have Ben Simmons on the team. Okay. Um, Stretchy five would be, I don't really know how to say Jarris Walker, who he's high up in the draft. He's in the Thompson Twins area. Uh he he's six eight from Houston. He's like a seven three wingspan. Tremendous defender, not not like an amazing shooter, but he's going to mold into a stretchy five. I don't think the Nets get up there. Where I think the Nets are maybe targeting is between picks 10, which is the Mavericks, to around, I don't know, let's say 15, 16. So that's the, the Magic. Magic have two first-round picks, so they could trade 11 to the Nets and get um, you know a wing player to add for the Magic. You have the Thunder, who probably aren't making a deal. You have the Raptors, who who knows what the hell they're doing. And you have the Pelicans, who have, like, the one of the weirdest situations with Zion, as you referenced earlier. And also, like, they have so many young guys. Like, do they really need another first-round pick? Uh, the guy I think the Nets may be thinking about is Kobe Bufkin mm. from Michigan. Uh, ball handler, scorer, great shooter. Um he actually kind of like fits next to Dinwiddie really well. Six five, six five point guard. That's the. He's like he's he's combo. He's a combo uh, guy. He's Mike, one of the, you know, not another you know, combo. Like combo. I'm tired of combos. He, can I tell you? He, he shoots eighty five percent from the free throw line. That's all, all right. That's all. That's all. Sold. <laughs> sold. <laughs> no, but he really came on at the end of last year. Like he ripped off a string of games where like he was the guy uh, for Michigan. Uh, he came, you know, and so. I th- he just feels kind of like someone who would fit with the Nets. I don't. The thing is, I don't really know what Mark's. 
I'm wondering, is- if, I'm wondering if Mark's actually, I had this conversation not long ago about like, is the next sort of transition in the NBA into just not really necessarily needing a traditional starting your offense point guard? Like I, I haven't just watched, um, you know, I think both Denver and Miami get very far in the playoffs with like, you know, I know we had, you know, Lowry is, I guess, the best version of that, but it's really like Jimmy Butler who's initiating the offense more often than not. And Jamal Murray, like I'm, I'm interested in the idea that we need a penetrating one, traditional one, a John Stockton as part of your Russell team, team composition. Um, anyways, I'm just I'm thinking a little, little bit about like, you know, trying to track where the where the trends are going in terms of roster construction. I, and I'm wondering if, you know, how we we sort of got got soft on fives and, and then fives are kind of coming back in vogue a little bit. Um and I'm wondering if the ones are next on on the chopping block for a little bit of time here, Mike. That's just my thinking. I don't know. Just, I'm just it's a feels based argument. It's it's not based on a ton of data, but it's just a feeling I get. I'm, I'm just hearing you. You want now? I'm, I'm talking myself into combo guards. Is what I'm I'm allowing myself to do. Yeah, I. I'm just really interested to see who the Nets, if they're trying to move up, they're targeting someone, and who that would be. And how high up they can get. Because, again, you just look at there's certain teams that aren't moving off of their spot. And the Nets don't have, like, DFS to, like, there's rumors that DFS would go to the Pacers. So the Pacers have the seventh pick. They're currently projected to take Jairus Walker. I mean, I would love it if the Nets could get up to seven because I do think that that's like a real sweet spot. The guy I would pick for them is Anthony Black. If I was up at seven, Anthony Black's like a six seven six eight point guard, point guard who is can make compared to Jason Kidd, which means he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. If you can't shoot, you're compared to Jason Kidd. But so you want you want extreme- Westbrook, Ben Simmons, and <laughs> <laughs> that's that's yeah, a head scratcher. You know, for those for those know, of you who don't have video, lineup of Mike just Westbrook- literally scratched his head contemplatively <laughs> thinking. About that it was mostly like you're thinking about yourself you're, it was a little bit of like introspection right there of like why do i like guards that can't shoot <laughs> what is that about what does that say about me brooklyn where is this twitter is such shit there's some twitter account that we follow named nba trade report that says brooklyn and portland have engaged on damian lillard trade talks next have an abundance of movable first round picks but like that doesn't tell me anything um it's aggregators mike just just get rid of them. Cut ties. No, you're like, and I'm watching you doom scroll right now. That's the look. That's yeah. the face of somebody who's doom scrolling. Dude, the for you tab is too much during draft time. I can't. They just know me too well now, and they're just like, just fucking feed Mike the worst rumors from yeah the Jack Settlements of the world. Yeah. Um. Ver- right. Verified accounts with 300 followers galore. <laughs> All right, Brian. Any, any last? Who do you want in the draft? Uh, Grady Dick. For for the name alone, Grady Dick. It's a great name. Did you, did you see the uh, the the scandal of the Stephen F. Austin um, bowling team? No, what this is this? Is a real thing. The Stephen F. Austin University, uh, the the bowling the bowling coach and the assistant bowling coach are married. And the assistant okay. bowling coach cheated on his wife, who's the coach, and he like was quoted in the, a newspaper uh, talking about it. And he was like, "My wife was always gone for tournaments, and so I was left with the kids." I was like, "I'm like, this has to be made up." 
but then you click on the links and it's like a story. It's like a real legit story. I'm impressed that and it anyways that it was a story that, is, <laughs> that got any attention at all. That's interesting to me. But yeah. Well the headline is something like uh spare coaches split or something <laughs> like that. Nice. Solid. Yeah. All right. Well, that's their show today. I'm really excited for the draft this year. I think, I mean, we didn't really even talk about who the Nets should take at 21 and 22. I, I would absolutely go bonkers if Leonard William or Leonard Miller, Leonard Williams, Leonard Miller was there um, just to, just to throw a delicious name out there. I really like the guy from Santa Clara, Brandon Podziemski. Uh, but I just know that's like my own issue that I like. That's your thing a completely devoid of defense shooting guard who has like Jimmer for debt vibes. That's like, but Derek Whitehead's like the guy, like I think authentically, if you target the sort of like top prospect who was on a super team who like had a bad rookie or bad freshman year, I, I have a little bit of faith that that's going to like work out, you know, like just because like he had injuries and all this other stuff. So I Derek Whitehead, if they stick at 21 and 22 and they pick him, I'll run naked, you know, through Thompson Square Park. Okay. You heard it here first. Um, <clears throat> where do they find us, Mike? At BKGlueGuys.gg. No, wait. That's I just mixed up two totally different things. <laughs> At BKGlueGuys on Twitter. <laughs> Discord.gg slash GlueGuys is if you're not in there, you don't know, and you're totally missing out. So that's on you. Um, and the New York Times. Um, ever heard of it? You know, you can find us there. Derek Lively to the Nets, huh? Okay. We're out of here. Say goodbye, Mike. Bye. Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub an official partner of The Athletic.